0: Good morning, um. folks. Welcome to church. It's such a delight for me to bring the word to you this morning, and so good to see some folks who we actually haven't seen for a while. Um, you know, like Ntukozo. <laughs> it's wonderful. I know some of you have been busy and traveling, etc., but welcome to church. So we are actually busy in a, uh, part four of this series looking at wholeness. and give a brief summary, and then we're going to jump into the content for today. And I'm actually going to be uh, asking Orne to help me with a certain aspect of what, what we want to bring this morning. So we're going to do a bit of a tag team with Orne and she'll come up. So Lord, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your word from heaven, Lord. You say as rain goes, it comes down from heaven, Lord, and waters the earth, Lord. I pray that Your Word would water our souls, Lord. Lord, You said that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, I, I pray that people would hear words from the mouth of God this morning. Lord, as I read Scripture, as I share, Lord, may Your people hear Your voice, Lord. Lord, You said, my, 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 my sheep hear my voice, Lord. Lord, Lord, I pray that we would hear Your voice, that I would hear Your voice through Your Word this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, Holiness 4. And our key scripture is from Psalm 18 verse 20. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before Him. When I placed the pieces before Him. And in this series, we're highlighting various aspects. You could say, pieces of our lives. And, and, the, and the, the, the call is really bring these things to the Lord, that He may make you complete or that He may make you whole. So last week I gave a brief picture of what brokenness, this journey from brokenness to wholeness looks like. And in the first week we looked at uh, what happened in Genesis 3, the fall. And so we're looking on the left side of this, this little diagram The journey from before the cross to through the cross is a journey from brokenness to wholeness. From Genesis 3 to Genesis 1 and 2, how God originally intended you and I to walk as Adam and Eve did in the cool of the garden with God. To walk in intimacy, closeness, unhindered fellowship with God with God is the greatest delight. This is our inheritance, not just for special people, you know. This is for everybody, that you walk with the Lord, that when you're preparing your Christmas dinner or lunch, that you're talking to the Lord, you're thanking God for His provision, you're rejoicing in the fact that you have people to celebrate with or however you do your Christmas. Walking with God through life is just the, the, the delight of, the, of, of being a Christian. And so, what is it? It's going from being defensive to being approachable and vulnerable. It was so interesting, last week I had to call somebody about something uh, uh, to do with, it's not church related at all. And I called this person and it was, it was a, let's just say it was a difficult conversation. You know, as I was kind of introducing and just saying what I wanted to talk about, this person immediately cut me off and got so defensive about why are you calling me? Why are you bringing this now? You know, And, 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 and I mean, uh, Jenny was actually there. She was listening. I mean, and I asked her to be there. She was part of this discussion. And I mean, she, 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 she was amazed at how defensive the person got. I couldn't even finish saying what I wanted to talk about. And that's not how God wants us to be. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, listen, can I talk to you about something? You know, ideally we are like, Sure, really, you see it that way. Wow, okay, tell me more. I, 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 I've never seen it that way. Why do you feel that way? You know, that would be approachable and vulnerable because that's how we grow. That's how we improve. Well, then, why are you talking to me now? You know, Why didn't you talk to me about you know, this a while ago, etc.? I'm just trying to highlight, I mean, for Jen and I, we experienced that so vividly last week in this one phone call we had to do. But having a low self-awareness to being highly self-aware Folks, when you walk with the Lord, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit, He will reveal who He's made you to be. You actually will grow in your understanding of of who He's made you to be. It's a beautiful journey. Of being isolated, you know, they, 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 they wanted to hide from God in the garden, remember? Of being isolated, to being open and living in connected, deep tissue relationships. I remember somebody saying that. Deep tissue relationships where you are deeply connected to people around you, rather than being isolated and cut off and all alone. Uh, walking, blaming, you know, blaming everybody. Remember, Eve said, no, nope. it, was, it, was, it was, you know... Blaming versus taking responsibility. No, you, you know, you're right, actually. The way I spoke about that, or, or that joke that I made, that was, I can understand how you could get offended by that joke. That was insensitive of me. I, I, I really didn't see how my joking in that way could have hurt you. Or, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, you know. That's, that's ideally, listen. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, okay? <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I often need to apologize about my jokes, okay? People sometimes, you know, after I preach a sermon, they'll say, Oh, Pastor, that was such a funny sermon. And I'm going, you know, I never prepared any, any funny bits. I prepare like the serious bits. The funny bits come out, okay? And sometimes I don't always understand. You know, humor is an interesting thing because... What's funny to one person can actually be quite offensive to another person. I get that. And especially in a multicultural, multi-generational church and community that we are, I get it that sometimes my humor is not your humor. And I apologize in advance for that. Okay. But, you know, can we take responsibility for that kind of a stuff? Where something I find funny just really cuts you quite deeply. Um, That's that's not our intention. Let me say, that's not our intention, you know. Have fun, do crack jokes. I'm not saying don't be, be, be don't joke, etc. But sometimes if we if we step over a line we didn't realize, let's take responsibility. Anger versus being at peace and walking in grace. Being in fear as opposed to being full of courage and boldness. And I just want to say, you know, courage and boldness doesn't mean that there isn't. Fear or anxiety inside of you. Courage or boldness means you stepping beyond your fear or your anxiety to do the right thing. Okay, courage and boldness are never doing the wrong thing, it's to do what you know you need to do to do the right thing. Okay, it is uh, not being self absorbed or self centered, but to live a sacrificial life that is considerate of others. Okay, um, that is how we, we, God wants us to live. Not uh, being in bondage to addictions, but living in freedom. Not being dishonest, remember they were they were lying, etc. But to be honest and truthful. Okay? that's I just wanted to paint a picture of God wants to restore. And I actually want to share, One shared with some of us on, on, on Friday night uh, a beautiful message on restoration. This journey is also a message of a journey of restoration. And Orne shared a message with this lady was sharing about just what restoration is, you know. And if you think of you taking a journey, and, and Orne actually mentioned, imagine you're driving down to Durban and, and I can think of this and I'll put my example. You know, you're going down to Durban, I sometimes go to go to catch get somebody from the airport, like one of my daughters uh, who studying in now staying in Cape Town and they're coming to visit, we're going to fetch them at the airport. And we know from our house to the airport, it's 100 Ks. In theory, it's one hour. <laughs> well, let say it used to be one hour. <laughs> now you think, okay, let's give it an hour and a half. And, you know, and then you're driving along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I say an hour and a half. My wife says two hours, you know, etc. Okay, so you, can you see there's something we've got to figure out when we're leaving home right here. And you're driving and nowadays... We put on the, you know, the, the Google Maps, to not because we don't know the way to the airport, but because it tells you if there's a blockage on the way. And, but I remember times when I didn't. You know, and you're cruising on the highway, and you come over a hill, you come around a corner, and you just see cars. And, the, and all three lanes are blocked. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to make it to the airport. Or nowadays, we get clever, and we, you, you do check, and you can see there's a blockage. And I don't like waiting in traffic. So I'm always creative. I find the next off-ramp, and then I'm asking Google Maps where we go. And we are going through the valley of a thousand hills and up valleys and dales. And, and, you know, sometimes you, you actually don't know where you are. Now, why am I telling you this story? You're on... You're walking with God. You're on this journey with God. You're on the N3 down to Durban. You think you know your way. And suddenly there's a blockage. What is that blockage? Something happens in your life. Could be something that happened to you or something just crazy that you do that causes you to have to get off the path that you know is God's path for your life. And now you're going on a very rocky road, etc. Folks, and, and One, what she shared from this person was this restoration when god restores things it's not that he brings you so you've been going for a couple of kilometers a year through the valley of a thousand hills on some really minor gravel road and you're thinking where on earth is the highway you're thinking how on earth am i going to get back on the highway somehow i've got to get get back onto the highway and you think you lost etc restoration isn't where god takes you back to the point that you left the highway so you're still behind all the traffic Restoration is when God gets you back on the highway, back on track, back right on, on track to your destination. And I've got the picture of God gets you back on track... You've passed all the traffic. Somehow you find he, fi- he leads you on the road. You've passed all this traffic. You're actually now back on track. you back on your destination. And you're actually going to get to the airport in time to pick up your beloved daughter. And you haven't lost three hours, etc. He brings you past all the stuff that was blocking your way. He deals with it. He deals with the stuff. And I just thought that's such a beautiful picture of what restoration is. He doesn't just bring you back to behind all the traffic where you left the road. He somehow gets you there, back on track. And, and in the example of restoration, and I, I think the lady mentions, like relationships, you know. You know, sometimes you think God's going to bring you back to that broken relationship. Folks, sometimes it's just not possible. But God may restore An equivalent relationship to you that would bring that same richness to you that was lost in that relationship that broke down. And I thought, wow, I've never thought of that. Both Jen and I, when we got back on fire, we were saying, wow, God, that broken relationship what that relationship brought into our lives, you're going to restore somebody to us that would bring that same stuff that we need into our lives. And I thought, what a beautiful picture of restoration. Amen. So, one we'll share some more good stuff a little bit later. Last week we looked at this, emotionally healthy spirituality. And I'm just going to read the quote. Pete Scazzaro said, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Okay, we looked at this last week. I know for some of you that was wow. It's all online, YouTube, SoundCloud. We WhatsApp it to you. You can get into it. It's such an important piece of your life and my life. I want on the next slide bring a balance to this. I put this picture up of a dashboard that I just found on Google. And I didn't even realize that that's not a South African dashboard. Because if you look at the speedometer, it's got miles on there, okay? And we don't measure our speed in in miles per hour, okay? It's obviously not a South African car, this. And I said this, that emotions are like lights on the dashboard. And let's not ignore... When a light goes on the dashboard, you don't ignore it. Because that's telling you there's something wrong further down the car. Your brakes or your oil or your, your whatever, your airbags, or I mean, you can look at what the lights are there, or your, 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 it's overheating, whatever. There's something deep in the engine or in the working parts of the car that's not right. Don't ignore emotions, okay? But I want to bring this balance, and we unpacked that last week. You know? How about some people, you know, they drive along and see a light, and I've had that. You know, sit in the passenger seat and you see this light flashing. You know, what's wrong? They say, no, there's something wrong with the light. I need to disconnect the light. And I'm going, no, 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 no. You need to sort out your brakes or you need to sort out your oil, okay? But sometimes we can fixate just on the emotion. No, 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 the emotion. And we unpack the light. I'm not going to go there again. About emotions are linked to thoughts. They, they, they can have impact on our physical body, etc. Listen, Listen to last week's message. What I want to say this is. At the same time, we cannot, when you're driving along and the light starts flashing, be so fixated by the light that you stop driving, you stop your car in the middle of the highway, going down to Durban, and you know cause a massive accident because some light is flashing. Very often, I mean, it depends what light it is. You know, you can have an airbag light. You can book an. App- an appointment with your garage or your mechanic next week or next month sometime to have that sorted out. It doesn't necessarily have to happen right now. You know, your whole life must stop you. You can't go to work. You can't come to church, whatever, because you're having some emotional issue. Life's not like that. And I want to unpack this a little bit further by putting this up. We need to pace ourselves. Processing emotional or soul pain and stress is a lot like lifting weights in a gym okay and that's a little picture of some dumbbells if you didn't know what that was okay so when you go to the gym you guys you know in january apparently gym membership sign-ups go through the roof, okay, and apparently something, only like 20% of people who sign up for the gym in January will actually be going in, I think it's three or six months later, I can't remember, uh, so anyway, I know some of you are going to sign for new gym memberships in January, okay, statistically talking, okay, you're going to do it, okay, and that's awesome, and I, and I encourage that, but when you decide, I need to work on my body, I need to build some strength, build some endurance, you know, get strong, maybe lose some weight, whatever your reason is for going to the gym. When you start out, how many you know you can't sign up for that gym and you rock up at 6am and you stay in that gym until when it closes at 10pm that night, your first day in the gym. I've signed up for the gym, I'm going to do gym now. I am gymming all day long. How many of you know that if you haven't been doing weights and you start doing weights like crazy you will actually damage your body and you will be worse off than you were before if you start exercising start weights you start small you do they'll they give you usually the gym instructors they give you a little workout plan you start small you do a few weights first day give it a break you know what it's like the next day after your first time in the gym for a long time the next day you're like Oh my goodness, I didn't know I had a muscle over there. Gee was that muscle's talking to me this morning, <laughs> you know, and you're feeling all over. Oh my goodness, I have muscles over there. Gee whiz, that muscle saying good morning to me this morning, okay? You can't gym 24 hours if you want to build strength. It's a little bit at the time. So how about when you are dealing with emotional or soul pain and stress in your life, folks? you can't be fixated on that little light on your dashboard that emotion that's highlighting that something needs attention 24-7 I was was reading something that Jason Vallotton wrote and he actually shared this Chris Vallotton's son and he actually went through a very very hard divorce I don't know the details except I've heard him and his dad uh, and Chris Vallotton's a pastor at Bethel Church talk about this divorce on a number of occasions it's impacted his dad it's impacted Jason quite a lot I don't know the ins and outs of the divorce. I just know it was incredibly hard on both of these men because I've heard them talking about it. And and Jason just shared, he shared this, this little analogy of, of going to the gym. He said, you can't process all your emotional pain and stress 24-7. You need to pace yourself. You need to process and then have a break. And he literally says you can have an emotional breakdown if you're trying to process all particularly your emotional pain 24 7 you actually do need to have a break from processing it and i thought this is so wise jen and i have a very good mutual friend and uh... she was she was actually jenny's one of jen's best friends at school so uh, a girl from zimbabwe jen's from zim and this girl was in her early 30s when her husband, she lost her husband. He was tragically uh, electrocuted at work. They had two little kiddies, little boy and little girl, under the age of five. She's in her early 30s. She loses her husband, and he was, he was the breadwinner in the family. Now, suddenly, you know, it's a difficult situation. Let's just say that. And... We spoke to her probably about three or four years after this happened. We visited her. Um, and she shared how she processed this incredible emotional uh, soul pain that she went through. And she, she, this is the amazing thing. She stayed in her church. She stayed in fellowship. Although all she wanted to do was run away and put her head under the pillow and hide from the world for three years. And, and hopefully wake up from that and all the pain is gone. But life's not like that. She needed to now get a job. She needed to provide for her little kitties. And she needed to be the emotional strength to her kitties. And she realized she can't lose it in front of these little kids who were maybe, I don't know, like two and four or something like that. She needed to keep it together to be the mom to them in this incredibly difficult time. And so she was advised to do this and she did this. She would, when she came back from work every day, she took time out. She said she would take an hour and they lived, uh, the town she lived in was right next to the outskirts and there were, there were vineyards. It was in the Western Cape. And she said she would go and walk through the vineyards. And she was advised to pick up stones. Remember we looked at anger last week and, how, and just the significance of anger, this, this emotion. She said she, for months she was so angry. And she, just, she was told, just... When you feel angry, pick up a stone and just throw it. And she walked through the vineyards and she would just throw stones. And she said, I couldn't afford to vent my anger on my little children. They've been through enough. They, she, and, and this is the beautiful thing. She's hurting, but she knows hurting people can hurt others. And she doesn't want to hurt her beautiful little children. And so she would go and walk and she would throw stones and she would cry. And she would process with God this incredible loss that she experienced, the death of her husband and she said you know Jacques and Jenny I did that and after about a year and everybody's different don't don't, don't say well I I did this for a year and it didn't work for me after a year she said one day she picked up a stone to throw it and as she wanted to throw the stone she was like why am I throwing the stone I don't need to throw stones anymore she had processed all that stuff but an hour a day she paced herself she paced herself for an hour a day she went and she was real and she did her stuff with God and she cried and she got angry and she prayed scary prayers that you and I wouldn't want to pray in front of somebody else. But she walked with God. And she was healed a few years later. She married again, had, had another, another child. And she's happily married uh, today and healthy and involved in a local church. Beautiful story. So pace yourself. What else can we do to pace ourselves is this. It's important as you're working through emotional soul pain and stress that you do the following: that you eat healthily, that you sleep well, and that you exercise often. Okay, so there we go. I told you something. I'd take up gym membership in January. <laughs> you didn't know this was coming. Okay, I knew this was coming. Okay, go for the gym membership. If that if that floats your boat and flicks your switches, go for your gym membership. Whatever. Eat healthily, sleep well, and exercise often. You know, folks, as Christians, sometimes we over-spiritualize things. And I, we live in a physical world. You have a physical body. Sometimes, so often, so often it is spiritual. And we don't realize it. And it needs a spiritual a prayer with spiritual authority to deal with things. I get it. Sometimes I'm like, duh. It's not physical, this is spiritual. But sometimes we over spiritualize it and it is actually physical. I'm tired. I need some sleep. I need a bit of a holiday, okay? Uh, I need to do some exercise. Sometimes you have been sleeping too much. You need to go and get, go for a run, okay, or something. And, and, and listen, I can spend a whole time. But I remember one time, Jenna, when I, put the, when I showed her these slides last night, she, she thought of a story. And I said, I know the story you're thinking of. This guy in Cape Town, when we were pastors there. And he was one of these guys who was very adamant. He does not do fruit and vegetables. He loves his meat, and he's pop, and, and he's happy. And he was kind of like quite... Quite set and outspoken about this. And the one day he came for prayer. It was a, and there were a whole group of us. And he, and he said, oh, guys, I'm struggling with constipation. Please can you pray with me? Okay, And, we, and now we pray. Of course you pray. And prayer is brutal. But I'm thinking, this lad needs some fruit and vegetables in his life. Okay? And But you can't pray that. You know, God may eat more fruit and veggies, may listen to his mother, <laughs> you know, you can't pray that. Um, but, but, but both, you know, afterwards were like, this guy needs some fruit and veggies and sort out his constipation problems. We prayed and everything. The funny thing is, and I won't say who it is, we saw him a few years later. And I don't know how it came out. And he told, he mentioned, and we didn't even ask, he mentioned about how he had this revelation about eating fruits and vegetables and sorts out his constipation. I was like, yes, God. I didn't even pray that, but you obviously revealed it to him. So, so folks, again, you know, sometimes we can be too spiritual. Sometimes we can be spiritually blind things. I get it. But sometimes we just need somebody to come and say, how are you sleeping? how you eating, how you exercise, and review it. I'm amazed at how many adults have crazy eating habits. Uh, Guys, you know, having three meals a day is good. My wife's saying, don't move, uh, get on. I'm going on, because Oney wants to come on. The next thing is very important. Have some fun. (laughs) Amen. It's okay to laugh, even though you're going through emotional stuff. Do you know the joy of the Lord? I am amazed that you have joy in the midst of the biggest trial you're going through it's legal to have joy okay and have some fun fun you know being with kids i have over the years been so delighted at having children because children keep things light they don't like heavy they are fun amen I mean, people say, you know, having a pet. Some of you say, well, that, that, that now you've just messed up the whole message saying have a pet. But pets can bring great delight to you, amen? Watch, a, watch a, a movie that's fun. Read something that's fun. Nowadays, you get apps of jokes, okay? It's so easy to just have some fun. Spend time with people who ongoing don't know your issues, etc., and just have some good, clean fun. Okay, let me say good, clean fun. And lastly like envy. Sometimes it could be something physical. So seek professional medical advice. So many stories I've heard also where people are praying and going for counseling and everything and they have a hormonal imbalance and go to, the, go to seek professional medical help and get it sorted out. Medication uh, sometimes is just God's way of sorting out your issues. Okay. And in South Africa, I just want to say, uh, Jen and I, we, 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 Jen in particular, so often we have amazing ability in this country where we have pharmacists and chemists In many of our pharmacies that give amazing advice, sometimes for a small fee, much less than a doctor, that can really make a big difference. So if you haven't consulted your pharmacist or you aren't friends with your local pharmacist, I encourage you, get to know them. We don't have a medical savings plan, etc. And we often, we've saved thousands, I reckon, by going to the pharmacy first. They will refer you to a doctor if you need to, but very often it is not as bad as you think. You don't need a doctor and it's just been, been amazing. So a little side issue. I can't find a scripture verse to see, see the pharmacist, but anyway, it's good advice. Okay. So there we go. And this is the scripture that Zanelli gave us. And I'm going to share this and then on is coming up. Hebrews 12 verse 1. As for us, we have, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. Now Hebrews 12, remember, coming out of Hebrews 11... The heroes of faith. This is talking about Abraham and David and Elijah. These are the witnesses. They're watching you and me, folks. They're watching you and me run the race of life. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we have so easy, that we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out for us. There's a path, there's a highway for you and me, a highway of holiness that's marked out for us. God wants us to run with passion and determination that path that He has for us. But He says, We must let go of every wound that has pierced us. And the sin we so easily fall into. I've underlined, let go of every wound that has pierced us. This is the Passion. It says it differently. And I want to go to the commentary of the Passion. And it says this, Let go of every wound that has pierced us, or get rid of every arrow tip in us. Now in those days, the weapon of warfare was a bow and arrow. And they're talking here of getting an arrow in your body. And, he, and, and, and they were saying, get rid of every arrow tip inside of us. Now, we're talking about wholeness and, we he, and, and, and finding healing in every dimension of our being. But if you have been wounded in your soul, we could say that you've got an arrow inside of you. You've been struck by an arrow. And what, they, what could that be? Listen, folks, huh? you guys... Can tell a thousand stories of how you've been hurt by people, things people have said or done or haven't done or didn't say or, you know, rejection and nastiness and betrayal. thousand stories right here in this room right now. I don't need to unpack to you what, what getting an arrow inside of you looks like. Some scary stories we can tell over here. But the, the passion says this. The implication is carrying an arrow tip inside a wound that weighs us down and keeps us from running our race with freedom. I can't carry on talking about wholeness without addressing the reality of that we get wounded in life and how do you deal with a soul wound? And it's not difficult but let me tell you at the same time I'm not saying that it's let me say, it's not difficult to understand, but it can be very difficult to do because, because, folks, this stuff goes really deeply. This stuff goes really deeply. So if we want to walk in wholeness, we have to get arrow tips out of, outside of us. And so what does that look like? So if you've got an arrow wound, so what I'm putting up is this is quite radical. Okay? I've called it this. It is... The Pastor's Common Sense Spiritual First Aid Guide to Wholeness, aka also known as the TPCSSFAGTW, okay? Very easy acronym. I was like, Lord, give me an easy acronym, okay? There we go. So guys, if you have an arrow inside of you, just tell your friend, have you applied T P C S S S F A G T W to your life, Okay? It's very well known. All the medical people know this. They're waving at me. Very well known acronym in medical terms. Okay? You can see I've got deep medical knowledge coming your way right now. Okay? I'm joking. For all of those of you looking on online thinking, this guy's crazy. Okay? I'm a pastor, not a medical person. Okay? But don't worry. If you can't remember the acronym, just ask Cass. He'll remember it. He's good at this kind of stuff. Okay? So what does it look like? Firstly, if you have an arrow inside of you, okay? Firstly, stop the bleeding okay now i'm assuming this isn't a a a life-threatening wound you know it's a flesh wound in the arm or the leg somewhere you got to stop the bleeding get something get a cloth stop the bleeding okay so there we go first step in tpcc fagtw okay secondly remove the arrow okay tell your neighbor remove the arrow it's not good to walk around with an arrow in your body okay if somebody came with a physical arrow to church, you know, people would be like, he's weird. <laughs> There's something wrong with him. And he's waving. and everything. Oh, I'm fine. Reality, folks. Reality. You, you and I know that there are many people walking around with arrows inside of them. And you know, an arrow from the front is fine when it's from the enemy. The worst arrows are arrows in our backs. From people that we trust or trusted. People that we called our friends you know that business partner that betrayed you divorce i want to submit to you is probably the worst arrow you could get in your back the reality is those are the worst arrows and there are people walking around them and if you want to pursue wholeness folks you've got to deal with them wherever the arrow is okay even if it's in your little toe deal with the arrow okay so the, the, remove the arrow. The next thing is dress the wound to prevent infection. Okay, once the arrow's out, you got to, you can't leave the open wound. You have got to disinfect it and put bandages and plasters on, etc. Okay, you know how it works. And then finally, if you get infection, deal with it. Okay, you've dressed it, but if there's infection, you've still you've got to you can't leave infection inside of it. There. there we go. Four simple steps to PC. TPCCFAGTW. Okay, you guys can all because you spiritually mature can see the spiritual application. So therefore, we can close and pray. No, 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 no. I have had such amazing times thinking about the spiritual application of this. Now, folks, this is not medical advice. Okay, although this is is, is probably good medical advice, this is spiritual advice of when you get a soul wound of how to deal with it. So. The first thing I just want to highlight, when I say stop the bleeding, folks, do you know that blood, actually, when you get a wound and it starts bleeding, it's important that bleeding happens because that blood actually washes and cleans out the wound. Bleeding is good. Excessive bleeding is not good. You can bleed to death. Okay, that's why stop the bleeding. But I want to submit to you, you know, when, when, whenever I think of bleeding, I'm a born-again Christian. I think about the blood of Jesus shed at the cross of Calvary, folks. If you have a spiritual or soul wound, you need the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. Natural blood washes a wound. If you have a soul wound, if you have a spiritual wound, you need the blood of Jesus applied there. Now, I looked at 42 scriptures on the blood of Jesus. I'm not putting one up here, because Oni is coming up next, okay? But I'm telling you, Jen and I can testify To the power of the blood of Jesus. You pray for the cleansing of the blood. You pray for the application of the blood of Jesus. It works. And I can give you 42 scriptures for it if you want to. But I'm not going to right now. Because only is coming up right now. Okay. But I want to tell you. The blood of Jesus cleanses spiritual and soul wounds. Step one. Bring it to the cross. If you've been sinned against. The cross of Jesus is not just there to deal with your sin. It's there to deal with the sin that you have experienced. Where you've been sinned against, when you've been violated in your soul, the blood of Jesus cleanses those wounds as well. I said remove the arrow. When I said remove the arrow, I'm talking about forgiveness. And, and I want to ask you all you to come up now. In Connect Group on Tuesday night, the ladies connect with Jen. They're doing the chapter on forgiveness in the one-to-one booklet. Phenomenal. Men, we did it. The men, we did it just fairly recently. And Jen shared with me when I got, uh, about the forgiveness that they spoke about in Connect Group on Tuesday night. And particularly some of the things One shared. Folks, forgiveness is removing the arrow. You've got to get the arrow out of your body. It's so significant. If you have a soul wound or a spiritual wound, you've got to remove it. And I want One to share some insights about forgiveness.
1: Okay. I'm going to start off with with a story. I do have a couple of stories to share as I'm talking about this. When I was specializing as a clinical psychologist, um, we were, during the year that I was a student, we were placed in a hospital and I was assigned a patient who later I found out was a very difficult patient and they should have given it to a student. Uh, But anyway, um, she kept having relapses And she would come into the psychiatric unit. They would stabilize her, and she would go home, but they couldn't get to the bottom of what was happening. They couldn't understand why she was having frequent relapses. And I remember sitting across her and looking at what was happening to her, looking at how she was presenting, and it was really heartbreaking for me because I said to God, this person is made in your image. What happened for them to look like this? And God said, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And she was able to share her story with me. Um, Later on, the psychologist who was um, watching over us, supervising us, asked me, how come she shared with you? She's never told anybody. What is special about you? That's exactly what she said. But um, God said, unforgiveness. Look at her. When you're holding on to something that has been done to you, it's like you're experiencing that same injustice over and over and over again, it is not a memory of what was done. It's akin to having that thing keeping on happening. And what that does is that it has an impact on your person, right? It is, it is um, there's, a, there's a word to say deleterious. It eats away at you. Um, sometimes we say this person is a shell of their former self. And a lot of the times it's because of the injustices. Look at the injustice of like, um, like these human rights crises, right? And look at how the people come out if they're not able to let go and forgive in those instances. I had, I had prepared to share a testimony that I had shared at our connect group. But God reminded me of a testimony that I'd completely forgotten about. And it actually gets me emotional, not because it's painful but because of the magnitude of what God had done with this and just what it meant to me. Um, And there's a long testimony that I'd written about it. I actually was searching through my notes to get to it. It was written many years ago, Um, but uh, I'm just going to get snippets out of it to give you a picture. So a few months back, I noticed I was getting offended a lot at work, and this had not been much of an issue for me before. I prayed about it and became deliberate about asking Holy Spirit to help me each day. And then I went to, I was in a different city. It was not here. It was before I came here. Um, And then I went uh, to a place that afforded me to go into soaking. So as we were soaking, meaning having this prayer time where we are waiting on God to minister to me, um, I asked God to reveal the lies I had believed, um, you know, looking at what was happening and why why I was feeling like this. I didn't have a clue why. Um, Funny enough, at this place, somebody came who previously had hurt me unintentionally, and this was very interesting. It was like a split of the second, uh, something that they did, and it hurt me, but uh, it was unintentional. I don't, I don't even know that. I don't even think they know that that happened because it was on the bigger scale uh, scale, uh, scale of things. It was inconsequential. It was not. It was a non-issue, but I got hurt, right? And immediately when that thing happened, I forgave. Because God has been taking me on this forgiveness journey, giving me revelations and stuff. So immediately it happened, I forgave. However, I'm seeing these symptoms of offense, 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 offense. And I'm like, God, what's happening? I can't, you know, I can't live with people like this. I can't constantly be doing this on a daily basis. So part of what God showed me um, was, I'm like, what's happening? I got a picture of Jesus uh, fetching me from a pile of skeletal bodies in a room. So there's this room and it was filled with skelet, uh, skeletal bodies. So it was this pile um, in this room. And um, I was barely alive and emaciated. I had cropped hair. You know, like when somebody has been through like a really difficult time and there's no hair. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a picture of my identity in the area that I had been hurt. And God continued to show me an image. I don't know if it was the same time or a dream that he gave me later. Part of my prophetic identity is to reveal God, right? He showed me as a curtain holder that, uh, where I was supposed to open the curtains for God to come in, right? Now, because of this, I was a disfigured curtain holder, and I couldn't do the purposes that God had asked me to do. So he fetched me, for Jesus came, and he fetched me from this pile, and I immediately I started getting healed, I started getting hair, I started filling out, prophetic act hello Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but um the fact like you know it just makes me so emotional and even then when God showed it to me I was not hurting about what had happened I was crying about what had been taken away from me I was crying at the intensity of what God was showing me and I I shared this at connect that you can't forget the painful memories can be taken away. And especially if you're not able to function because of them. If they're making life difficult, you can forget. Which is what God did. That's why I had totally forgotten about it. Totally. And it was a big thing in my life. But I had totally Until God said, no, not that testimony, this one. So reading um, Daniel chapter 3 verse 7. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken into the furnace, Remember? Because they refused to bow down to the idol, and and they're like, okay, because of that, this is what we had agreed on. You're going to go into the furnace. So, Daniel 7, uh, Daniel 327, rather. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. I remember reading the story and I was like, God, I don't want the smell of fire to be upon me. I don't want, I don't want a hint of the smell of what happened to me, you know, to, for me to carry it and to define myself with it. And God did it. I've gone for years without remembering this. However, what he had promised me that would happen after that. Let me read it to you so that you'll understand. If you know me, you'll know this. As he carried me out, I asked him, what about these bodies? The other skeletal bodies, and he said, "I'm going to use you to heal them." As I write this, I'm reminded of a vision God gave me years back about working with badly hurt people. I was on what looked like a highway and collecting flattened cans in between fast-moving cars, and bringing them to my mother. I woke up and God said, "I will use you to bring people um, to me for healing." And this was before I got hurt when he gave me this image. (laughs) Oh no, it was after. But anyway. um, What he has said about me out of that remains true. And and the purpose is carried out. But what had happened, I forgot about it. So we can, something can happen that hurts or causes offense and you can forgive. However, what often happens is when there's a hit on your soul... You don't see the wounding. Just because the pain continues does not mean that you haven't forgiven. It could mean that there's a wound that needs to be healed and addressed. Just one more scripture in Psalm 139, TPT. You have gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You have laid your hand on me.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Orne. I think we can give her a hand. Uh, there, there, that was, I feel that was like the tip of the iceberg. Um, Orne, I think you shared more at Connect Group. So that is just so good. Um, so we've looked at the first two points. Dress the wound and prevent, to prevent infection. Do you know that in the previous centuries, this century, was really, in the last sort of 100 years, people really got an understanding of what, in the last 100, 150 years, people got an understanding of how dangerous infections are to a wound. Do you know, even in the American Civil War and the Crimean War, in the, in the second half of the 1800s, more soldiers would die days later from wounds than actually directly from a, from a bullet through the body somewhere. Two thirds of the soldiers who died died of infections a week after the battle than actually died in the battle. People didn't understand infection, didn't understand you got to clean the mud out of the wound and dress it. They didn't understand that. And, folks, what is the spiritual implication of here? You can get the wound out, uh, the arrow out, you can get the bullet out, but you've got to clean the wound and you've got to make sure there's no infection. People didn't understand germs and bacteria and how it worked, etc. So I want to look at what is the spiritual implication. And what I want to do, I'm specifically I said, let's look at what we've covered in this wholeness series and just bring it in and I'm hoping to tie it together quickly, quickly. I promise you. Okay. So how do we do this? Okay. Just click again. How do we dress the wounds? We looked at this in the first series. We looked at the basic human needs that we have. If you have a wound, if somebody says something nasty to you, does something nasty to you, folks... It causes you to question things like, are you loved, your purpose, and your value? And we need to dress the wound with the Word of God... With God's promises that you've got from, you need to dress the wound. You need to cover the wound so that you can't get germs in. You've got to re-emphasize and dig into those spaces. You need to be around people who love you, who care for you, who value you, who see your purpose, who know your identity, who can call you out. Don't withdraw from those people, okay? So dressing the wound is so important. But we also need to, on the next slide, we need to prevent infection. And these are, remember, the ways in the, in the I think it was the, the second, third, I forget which one we did. We looked at the three primary strategies of the enemy. Doubt, lies, and temptation. Folks, those that's the germs, that's the bacteria that he wants to get in the wound. You know, when we do, when, when we do SOZO training for our SOZO counselors, one of the aspects that they, that they cover is, When you're ministering to somebody, you're looking for wounds and lies. There's lies. Lies is, is twisted truth. The enemy, Satan, is known as the father of all lies. He's known as the accuser of the brethren. In those places, the place you get wounded, the place you experience rejection, the place that you experience hurt... In that place he wants to bring lies and saying, therefore God doesn't love you. God's forgotten about you. You are too this. You are too that. You're too different. You're too old. You're too young. you too whatever. And he brings lies. But folks, we've got to prevent the infection. And I've covered this, so I'm not going to do it again. Prevent infection. We've got to... We, we, we can't afford to doubt God. And that's one of the biggest things I'm telling you I often experience. When you experience something, especially when it's those arrows in the back from people who so-called know God, serve God, and especially if they say, God told me, <laughs> you know what I mean, to tell you you're a da-da-da-da-da, it's like, oh God. You start to question God. I'm telling you, just being honest, lies and temptation. What can not going to unpack it, but we've got to prevent infection. I'm just saying that infection can destroy your life. I want to go to the last slide, which is the first slide, in effect, the slide we looked at. And the fourth point I just want to highlight, that if you get infection, you've got to deal with it. You can get the arrow out, dress the wound, clean it out, but you can still get infection. Cass was actually just sharing about his sister-in-law, went in for an op this week, and, and the guys would have done the best to prevent infection, but... She's basically got infection in the wound. Cassie's actually asking for prayer at the moment. Folks, you can't ignore infection. If you know you've got infection, and and you know, in the physical, if you have infection, it shows. You don't have energy. You don't have an appetite. You may be sleeping all the time. There are symptoms that things are not right in your body. Obviously pain, you feel it. Folks, if you're experiencing soul pain, spiritual pain in your life, you know you've got infection, deal with it. Folks, how do you deal with it? On the next slide. And all the Sozo guys said, Amen. Have you had a Sozo recently? (laughs) I've been putting this up every time. Folks, train people to deal and go to places that you and I may have been wounded and they know how to go to those places and deal with the lies of the enemy and renounce the lies and close the doors and lead you in powerful prayers of forgiveness and... Ask God to show us what is the truth so, we can, so that we can bandage the wound with truth. Trust God to speak words of love, speak words of purpose, speak words of value into your life to dress the wound with God's truth. And so, I actually want to close. And I messaged the SOZA team this morning. I said, guys, please can you be available to pray with people afterwards. For me, the main thing you need, there's the SOZA email address. at gmail.com. I love what Ursula says. This email comes to Ursula. It says it's easy to remember this email address. It's a command. Sozo his people. Sozo means heal. Okay, that's what sozo, it's a Greek word for heal. Heal, deliver, and set free. Okay? Sozo his people. Heal his people. Okay? That's the email address if you want Uh, to book a sozo. You'll then get two hours with two trained counselors sometime in the next two, three months, hopefully. Not over Christmas, though. We don't sozo over Christmas. But just go to the previous slide, Amun. I don't know where you are on the T P C S S F A G T W. Little. Um... <laughs> okay. I don't know where you are. If you need to just start by just coming to the cross and applying the blood of Jesus into you, and I don't know if it's forgiveness removing the arrow. I don't know if you need to dress the wound, bring God's truth of love, of value, of purpose into your life. I don't know if you need to deal with infection, renounce lies, etc. I don't know where you are. This is something that you need to assess. But I, I want to make our... So, so, so I've asked our SOZO team to come up to do a five-minute prayer with you. Not a, not a two-hour SOZO, a five-minute prayer. There's one aspect in here you're saying... I can see that. I want prayer with that. I don't want you to go away with saying, sure, that's very helpful. Now I know how to T-P-C-C-S-F-A-G-T-W myself. We want to be there for you. Amen. So I'm going to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for Lord, the promise of wholeness. The reality that you're a restorer, Lord. You restore. Not to where we left the path, but back on track to the that we would reach our intended goal, that we won't e- even be, even miss the flight, Lord, that we'll get there on time even though we've had a delay. God, I pray you get us back on track. That is true biblical restoration, Lord. And God, but I pray that we would have the boldness to deal with wounds. Lord, if it's just bringing it to the cross, applying the blood of Jesus, if it's forgiving, if it's dealing with infection, or if it's dressing the wound. God, give us the wisdom and the courage to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Join us every Thursday for prayer from half past five to half past six. That happens at church, 154 Burkett Road, as well as on Zoom. If you would like any further information or would like to receive this link, please do contact us. Our details are below.